welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, we have my friend Winterbrook, who I met last year at the wonderful Banyan Retreat in the UK. Winter is a certified mental medium, ordained spiritualist minister, Reiki master and teacher, developing trance and physical medium, single mom of two, pet owner, and a lawyer. She has been trained by some of the best mediums, teaches mediumship development over 30 weeks a year, gives private and group demonstrations in her home area, Long Island, New York, as well as all over the United States and internationally. And there's so much more to her, but it's time that I let her talk. Winterbrook, my friend, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you, Sandra. Hi, everybody. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, we last la- laid our eyes on each other at the fabulous Banyan retreat. And it's been a you know, year and a half or whatever it is, but I'm so glad we're reconnecting. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So, well, you're a doll, so. Say that again. I said, you're a doll. I clicked Aww. with you right away. Yeah, we got to be paired partners during one of the exercises. And um, gosh, you went into trance and what you delivered to me was so special. So it's really words of inspiration. So I knew the world had something special in you then. And so we're going to find out your story now. So where does it all begin uh, many years ago? Could you just give us a little bit about your story and maybe how you became an attorney and then... What part did the mediumship come in? Um, Okay, well, I'm like a textbook case, uh, if there is such a thing as a textbook in metaphysics. When I was really young, um, I saw, heard, and interacted with spirit. The only thing is I didn't understand that they were spirit um, because they were always just there. So they were as natural to me as the fleshies, as I call them. Spirit incarnate, <laughs> right. for terminology. Right. And um, I didn't really realize there was any difference. I mean, I, I was confused at times because um, they'd be talking to me and my mom was sitting there and we're talking about having a sleepover as a little kid and one of them was a little kid. And she said, oh, my mom would say, well, you have to ask so-and-so's mom if he can sleep over. So she was playing along with it. So I couldn't understand why. I said, well, his mom said she, he could do it. And my mother would say, what'd she say? And I'm like thinking to myself, why doesn't she hear her? She's talking right here. But then I wouldn't really, you know, I was four, five, six. So I just kind of let that go and, and can't deliver the message. Right. <laughs> I'm like, it's mommy. <laughs> um, and then like a lot of kids, uh, it just shut down around six or seven. I don't really remember. There was not a particular incident in my case. Um, it just kind of stopped. So um, life went on. Now I did have a couple of unexplainable situations like, you know, but I just kind of, I don't know what that was. And I pushed that aside. And in my house growing up, we did not discuss metaphysics. It was not that it was uh, prohibited in any way. It just wasn't part of the reality. So I, I, you know, I grew up in my hometown of Northport, which I love. And, um, I went off to Boston College, which I love Boston, yes. and near there. And then I went to St. John's Law, became an attorney, and I love law. And um, I, you know, remained in Northport, uh, opened up my own law practice. I had 
my first daughter from my former marriage. And then while I was a single mom, I went and adopted my second daughter and uh, life was good. Uh, and then, I don't know, about 12, 13 years ago, 2005-ish, you know, in that time, I got very involved with uh, humanitarian work and saving the lives of kids, which I do miss now, but, um, and anyway, um, strange things started happening. Uh, the first thing that started happening was I was experiencing the emotions of others. Now, in hindsight, I understand that's empathy. But back then, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know what a medium was. Um, I, I just, I didn't know. And my understanding of psychics was, you know, the caricature of um, the woman at the uh, carnival or the fair or, the, you know, they had these psychic fairs. I never got involved with it. The crystal ball, <laughs> all that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. You know, cards. I, I didn't know anything about it. You know, I mean, it was like on the, you saw references in movies, right? That was about it. But um, anyway, so I thought it was kind of odd. Um, I'm sitting on a cruise ship with my two children, and, and of all things, at a lecture talking about dinosaurs, so as calm as you can get. And all of a sudden, I f- feel this surge of anger. And I'm like, there's no reason for me to be angry. But I noted the time, you know, and it wasn't the first time it had happened, but it came on pretty strong. And... Um, I just all of a sudden got the impression with my business partner who was back on Long Island. I'm sitting in the Gulf of Mexico. And back then you didn't make phone calls on the boat because it was wicked expensive. Yes. So 10 days later when I'm back home, I called my business partner up and I said, hey, did you get upset at such and such a time on this date? And, you know, he thought it was a little strange. Why is she asking me? And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had seen a dog run out and get hit by a car. So he was very upset at that time, and I felt it. So um, that was kind of my introduction to the world of metaphysics. And from there, I started to study, and um, I found you know people that kind of knew a little bit about it, and they kind of guided me one way. I did internet study, went to the library, got books out, and that's how it started. And I decided I didn't um, to pursue investigating then if I had any abilities. I didn't know. Um, And that's when I started attending spiritualist churches and I sat in circles and I got a couple teachers on the island. And from there, it, it, um, you know, evolved into going up to Omega, uh, Kerpalo, et cetera. And that's how I ended up doing what I do. Of course, at one point around 2008, I realized, you know, I had to make a choice if I was going to do the mediumship or if I was going to continue practicing law because I couldn't do both and be a single mom. So I decided to close my law practice, keep my license in case it didn't work out. And I still studied for another year or so before I actually started working professionally. But, um, that's that's my background story. Oh, that's great. And you've done a lot of studying besides Omega and Kripalu, Banyan, Arthur Finley College. You took the Morris Pratt course. You, you've yeah, the full course load on that. Yeah, I did. I mean, at one point in the beginning, 
I was working at two churches on Long Island. I was a member of one church, but I every Sunday I also went to the other church and I was on the platform. I was giving messages, um, you know, so I was I, I, I'm cautious. I like to have a lot of experience before I go out and, and do something professionally. Yes. And um, I still believe in continuing ed. That's probably kind of like, you know, my legal background as attorneys. We take continuing education. So I like to learn from my colleagues as well as I do teach. I teach 30 we- at least 30 weeks a year out of my office. And then I go to other venues and I teach. So it's all to me, it's sharing. Um, they're sharing with me. I then turn around and share it with those that come to my workshops and then they go and they share it just with somebody else. So it's all good. Yeah, there's strength in numbers too. And sharing like that is the best. Service is the coin of spirit, right? Isn't that what they say? Um, but sharing like that is great. Do you remember winter when you first started studying and when you first got into mediumship that you actually could tell somebody their deceased loved ones? Do you remember? Do you have any stories of um, like well, holy cow well, moments? <laughs> Yeah, the holy cow moment for me, because I just, I I get thrown in the deep end sometimes. And it's like, you learn to swim that way. That's just the way my life works out. Um, so I was sitting in, in circle and learning about it, but I hadn't really done the mediumship thing. And um, I would come home from work and take a, uh, and meditate for like a half hour to an hour every morning. And um, one morning, all of a sudden, as clear as day, high definition, I see, I just sense the presence of this man and telling me something. And I knew he had died. And then I I, I was kind of confused. And he's whipped out. uh, And my dear friend, who is in spirit, my age, uh, he popped in, David cross and um just smiled at me and then he popped out and then my other friend in spirit vita they were all volunteer firemen she popped in said i always liked that kid and i was like oh i'm glad you like me but i didn't know what it meant and what it turned out to be was that the local um the chief of at that time of the fire department's son had been killed that morning and uh he was riding his motorcycle home and i guess a person on drugs you know, crashed into him and he died. So he was coming through me um, to get a message to, you know, his parents that he was okay, um, that he loved them. And um, here I was thinking, everybody knows me as an attorney. I can't really. And then that whole, you know, I was, I never really am comfortable approaching somebody. I'd rather they approach me. and so I had to go through that whole dilemma. But what do I do? What do I do? Because he has come through. And this guy's my neighbor, but nobody knows I'm studying mediumship. Not that I was embarrassed about it or, or conscientious. Not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, not fearful to let them know I'm studying mediumship. But I just didn't feel I was uh, at a level that if I went up to this gentleman and, you know, and I gave him the message, would his son then come through? You know what I'm saying? I do. So, um it turns out like that night of course, or the second night, my daughter's friend comes over and proceeds to tell her three pieces of information about this accident, which was now all over the front page of Newsday, which is the main paper of Long Island. Um, 
that they garnered at the site, which was basically the information that the decedent wanted me to convey, with the exception of that he still loves his parents and he was around. Um, so I knew that they, you know, he wasn't in pain, he died instantly, things like that. So that actually got to them. And then the message, the spirit arranged it that this child comes over and tells my friend and I overhear it, my daughter and I overhear it. So um, I got the message that it's okay that I didn't go running over there because I was quite relieved. As it turns out, I waited about six months. And then when I felt confident enough, um, I called an intermediary, my friend's an undertaker, and he knows him. And I said, well, call him and ask him what he wants. You know, if he wants me to talk to him, I can't guarantee anything, but this is what happened. So he did. And um, the gentleman did, you know, call me and we and as I'm on the phone with him, his son kind of came right on through. So, you know, it was good. It was good. Wow. And I mean, it might have been the perfect thing you needed too. that confirmation that what is coming through is the real deal by knowing what was in the papers and that it come into your mind and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there was that level. I was kind of confident that it was him, but it was more that I would be un, I wasn't confident in my ability to have the mediumship open, at, you know, at will. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. In other words, I just was in meditation and it came through. I wasn't planning on it. So, but if I got into a conversation, I would kind of want it to open up again for him, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Do you remember when you decided to hang up the shingle as a medium? Did you have any people look at you a little strange thinking you're an attorney and you believe in this? Any of that happen in your life? Um, just a couple, you know. For the most part, I just kind of quietly closed the firm. Um, I didn't go into why. I just said I'm going to pursue other opportunities because I was still studying. Honestly, I, um, you know, I, I want. I wasn't quite confident with with um, with my ability. I guess I just I, I felt like I needed. I didn't jump into this just because like I opened up in three months, take a class, and three months later yes. start. Again, I know some people that do that, and that's fine. God bless them. But I'm from, um, I, I just, you know, before I, I opened up professionally, uh, I must have done um, 150 platform times, and I've sat, I had, you know, done weeks and weeks of different courses with James on Prague and um, Tony Stockwell, you said you know, and local mediums. So I had a lot of... Um, work. Yeah. I, Winter, I really appreciate your integrity and in being a person like that. I had taken my first mediumship course, just a weekend course, and the woman certified me as a medium. And I thought, I'm in no way, shape or form a certified medium. And I hear from a lot of my listeners who will maybe look up a medium on the internet without getting um, a recommendation and they're disappointed. And I you know, there are some really great mediums that in a very short amount of time can effectively and with evidence share your deceased loved one. But for, I think, most everybody, it's a real commitment and it's practice and training and, and learning and stuff. But I, I do think some of the these weekend course mediums out there um, are the reason some people get 
sometimes poor medium reading. So bottom line is I really acknowledge you for somebody who continues to study and really before being out publicly, I mean, you've, you really, um, became confident as much as you could be. And now you're making a profound difference, not only doing demonstrations, but also teaching, which, I mean, sharing is the absolute best. Thank you. Yeah, I just, you know what it is, Sandra? Um, I ended up coming at it through uh, the spiritualist background. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, metaphysics, this is, there's so many different avenues going there and belief systems. So it depends on who you, you, you run into. I mean, you have the, the gypsy backgrounds. You have the spiritualist backgrounds, which I'm from. You have uh, shamanism backgrounds, uh, you know, Wiccan, all different belief systems. And that's one of my uh, difficulties I find. I wish we had a universal dictionary of terms because it can get so confusing for somebody who's just uh, beginning or getting involved with metaphysics. Because, again, I, I, I kind of sympathize with them because, again, 15 years ago, I didn't know what a medium was. Right. And look I, at you now. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, yes, if you told me 15 years ago, darling, that I'd be standing on a stage bringing through loved ones uh, to people in the audience uh, from spirit, I would tell you, you lack the testamentary capacity to sign any document I had legally prepared for you. If you were to tell me that I'd be given a radio show about the evidence of the afterlife, I would have laughed and said, there's no proof of the afterlife. You people that believe in that are crazy. And uh, isn't it funny where we are today? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, but... well, you know, speaking of crazy, when it started, I was actually blessed Um I'm probably one of the few people you'll meet that actually has written proof I'm sane. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I had to take a sanity test <laughs> as part of the um, requirements to to be an adoptive parent. Um, the other country required that you take this big test and, and be interviewed to prove your fitness to be a parent. <laughs> That's great. So that came in handy when I, my Claire audience started to open. And I was also blessed because my guide at the time, he, um, I would be in my law office and all of a sudden I would hear, oi. And I'd I'd be like, there's nobody else there. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, and I'd look and I misfiled something. I'm like, okay. And then I'll do something later on and I'll hear muzzle top and I'll look and I'm jumping around. Now I'm not Jewish. So, um, you know, I don't use Yiddish or Hebrew. And at that time, I actually thought it was all called Jewish anyway. So we started to use other words. I had to phonetically spell. And I would call this Jewish attorney I did real estate deals with. And I'd say, Barry, he gave me one of those words, those Jewish words again. And then Barry would explain, well, Winter, it's either Yiddish or Hebrew. <laughs> like, okay. And um, I would phonetically spell it for him. And he forgot his Hebrew lessons or his Yiddish lessons. And so he'd call his mother in Florida and she would then translate it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, but the, the blessing in this was that um, because it wasn't part of my regular vocabulary, it couldn't have been my own thought. That's right. If he had said it in English, I would have probably dismissed it because I have a thousand thoughts like most people mm-hmm. go into the mind at any given moment. So the fact that he chose those words in a different language, and I didn't know what they meant. 
um, that really helped me feel confident with um, my discernment as to what was mine and what was coming in from spirit. Oh, that's great. Winter, we've talked just a tiny bit. You've said the word spiritualist and spiritualist background and stuff. For one of our listeners who doesn't know, um, could you just talk a little bit about spiritualism and maybe a spiritualist church and why they're connected to mediumship? Sure. Um, spiritualism is a religion, a philosophy, and a science that studies uh, the continuity of life after physical death. Um, there's the, I'm an ordained minister for spiritualism. I've converted from being Presbyterian to being a spiritualist. And, uh, so it is a religion. That's one of the three aspects of it. And the services, one of the reasons I just love spiritualism is because of the way the services are set up, although different spiritualist, uh, organizations and churches may, may vary a little bit. I've learned um, the way I do it in my church is, um, we open with a guided, you know, there is prayer and there's hymns, but we do a guided meditation. We have chair healing during the meditation. You can get up and come for a healing, uh, which is usually my Reiki practitioners. My daughter does chair healing in my church a lot. She's, uh, just turned 16. She's a Reiki master. Great. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, there's an inspirational dress, which I, you know, is can either be written. Some of my, a lot, of, I kind of encourage my members to, to give speeches or I do it in trance sometimes. Uh, and then the, the end of the service, we have messages to prove the continuity of life. And it's where, uh, especially my student mediums, it's, it's a great platform for them to practice. And then usually I'll get up. This is my church. I mean, other churches do it differently. Um, and give messages uh, from loved ones in spirit. And we try to focus on evidential mediumship, which is proving it is that particular loved one versus, oh, I have a loving you know, relative with this message type of um, read. Yeah, and you, you come up with specifics of who it's for. Yeah, evidential. So it's, it, you know, personality, uh, uh, physical traits, um, memories, uh, things like that. And then there's usually a message that comes with it. Now, other spiritualist churches, they may have just, they do a lot of this in England, I see. They have one medium come for uh, their service that handles the address and the uh, message work. Boom. And then the next week, they have another medium. So they do it that way. So when I tell you how my church is doing it, and just so that if one of your listeners wants to check it out, um, you know, they're not surprised. Oh, well, she said it was this way, but these people are doing it that way. So every, every church can kind of change a little bit. And there's different, uh, different uh, area, uh, branches of spiritualism, I guess you, you want to call it. Uh, in um, the U.S., we have the National Spiritualist Association of Churches, and they have their own guidelines and their own charter. And there's a lot of churches involved. And we have the NSA, the G, uh, General Spiritualist Assembly, and that's another organization of member churches. Then you're independent. That's what my church is. Then when you go over to the UK and they have the SNU and they have the, uh, there's another one, they have the, the, the General Spiritualist Association, I think they call it. Don't quote me on that one. I won't. And they have, you know, we have principles which kind of set forth our beliefs um, and they can vary a little bit depending on which spiritualist church you kind of walk into. 
but it's all really similar. Um, I think it's kind of, you know, you have the Jesuits and the Franciscans, you know, mm-hmm. in with the Protestants, you've got the Methodists and the Lutherans. So same thing with spiritualism, but they all um, share a belief in the continuity of life. And they demonstrate that through um, the faculty of mediumship. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that. And I found myself, I've been to several spiritualist uh, churches back in the day when I first started investigating. And I was so afraid that I'd find this kind of weirdo group, you know, and I found so many people, regular people, often lots of senior citizens and people that have been practicing all their life. And I found what a wonderful, loving, like congregations, not at all. Like I had pictured some new age, everybody wearing tie dyed <laughs> kind of thing. So hey, what's wrong with tie-dye? nothing wrong with tie dye, <laughs> nothing wrong with tie dye at all. And I apologize if I offend any tie dye wearers right now. But what I'm saying is I had a, an expectation that I wouldn't fit in. And, you know, I was a skeptic, very critical, but man, talk about loving people. And like you say, you can, if you're interested, actually learn mediumship and start developing. Yeah. A lot of the churches uh, will hold development circles Mm. uh, to enable, you know, enable their um, congregates to learn and tap into themselves. Uh, So that's a, it's an awesome place to start. And then, you know, if you decide to pursue it further, then, you know, definitely avail yourself to classes with experienced mediums. Mm, Thanks for sharing about that, because it's nice to, um, so the whole give someone a fish or teach them how to fish from uh, Jesus. (laughs) But if, if you're interested in this, there's places to go and definitely be part of a congregation and sit in on worship services, but then there's also participating if you feel drawn to that. And also, there's an online education, the SNUI.org, which I've recommended to many because some people do not have a spiritualist church around them. So, Winter, what do we what should we talk about now? How about what you're passionate about now or some of the things you're, you're doing? Because you're up to a lot, my friend. <laughs> I do a lot. You know what? They, they tell us that um, after we tr- uh, transition to the uh, world of spirit, we have a life review. So I plan to be very busy <laughs> um, reviewing everything I do. So I try to keep yeah. busy. Although I got to be honest, sometimes I just want to cry. <laughs> you are busy. Yeah, you need you do need to take, well, we all do, take time for ourselves, but it's hard to do sometimes. Yes, because uh, I am a single only parent. Um, two kids that takes up a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I do teach the mediumship down thirty and also, weeks per year. You say those are the yeah I teach um, mediumship at my office. So over thirty weeks a year, I'm teaching once a week. I do I run the services mm-hmm. uh, once a month. That's why we only meet once a month because I wasn't going to actually do the whole uh, become a minister thing. But um, my dear dear friend passed. And uh, which I want to share that story. Um, yes. And then trying to help resurrect her church from the dead, it kind of didn't go so well. But all these people were coming because they wanted to find out what spiritualism was about. So um, the, the the church left. And then 
they have all these people and they're like, well, can you keep holding services? We want more. So when it got to 14, I was like, okay. So then after a year, they kept coming. So I said, all right, I better get myself ordained. <laughs> and that's how that happened. Um, but for listeners, because I know, you know, we're going to prove the continuity of life and the study of the afterlife, but there's actually uh, so much more to our current physical incarnation or existence. You know, we're not limited to these physical bodies um, that are kind of carting around our soul, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, or enab- more, say more about that. Yeah, mean? enabling us to um, incarnate on this plane, this plane being the earthly physical plane. So, uh, sure, you've had guests that have talked about, you know, we all do out of bodies. Some of us remember, some of us are consciously aware, some of us um, are not aware of it in our conscious state. Mm-hmm. And it's just that con- this story came to mind that maybe somebody might need to hear it. When my dear friend and teacher, Patricia Duffield, was passing away, it was kind of unexpected. Um, And at one point, they had decided they were going to disconnect life support. And so I had a day, I had to go over to the hospital to see her. And I'm pretty devastated at this point. And um, because she was my go-to person, you know, when I was overwhelmed with life, as single parents can be at times, I could always depend on Pat. She was the only person I really had that I could depend on. So um, we were very close. And... I go over there and it's a rainy morning, so my allergies are crazy and my arthritis is flared up. I look just a freaking mess. And I uh, walk into her hospital room where she's in a coma. And I knew that she'd been that way for a couple days and they had made the decision the next day they were going to disconnect. And I just walk in and I realize her soul is not in the body. It's just the body. And so I start healing, you know, sending energy, healing energy to her in her body. And all of a sudden she comes flying in as, you know, as only Pat could do. She was a very strong woman and she just kind of bursts in the room. She'd been out flying around out of bodies. And I, and I just kind of said to her, I said, well, well, what, what are you doing? why don't you just leave? Why, do, why are you here? What's going on? Why are you doing this? And um, she starts laughing. And I just, you know, I had, I said, I wanted to say, I loved you. And um, I just, and she said, she just looks, I said to her, I said, well, what, you can't leave. I said, what am I going to do? I said, you're supposed to be on my healthcare proxy. And she just says to me, well, a heck of a time that would Heck of a thing that would be. So, and I just started laughing because, you know, she's crossing over and she wasn't on the healthcare proxy. Right. And the reason I'm bringing the story up is that she and I were basically communicating and having a conversation. So for those people out there that have to say goodbye to their loved ones when they're in comas, And if they have any doubt whatsoever, whether their loved ones are hearing them on a certain level, please put that doubt aside. Because, you know, I had this whole conversation with her. 
and she was cracking jokes. I mean, she's laying there in a coma, but I'm connected, connected to her, and she's cracking jokes about not being my healthcare agent. That's great. You know, it just, I don't know. For me, I think it's a story that helps people realize yeah. that. Um, they can hear you and they do go on and they are still around. Yeah. So speak your heart and you can do it in your head if you're embarrassed, if you think people are looking at you, they can hear the thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I think that needed to be said because it is tough. You know, I, we all, so many people come to the show for different reasons, but to deal with the, the loved one that's crossing over or in coma or facing their own mortality, I mean, it's really good words. Um, but Winter, I'd also like to ask you, um, you sit for trance and physical mediumship. Can you yeah. talk about how you open the door into that world? Because I, I knew personally on my uh, discovery of the afterlife, I was floored when I even found out trance mediumship and physical mediumship were real deals. So how did you get involved and what is it you're doing now? Um. Well, what I do now is, uh, and what I've done for the last four to five years, the first year was um, off and on because it's very hard to find uh, sitters who are able to dedicate the time. Meaning people that sit with you, right? Yes. Yes. Because we're sitting in a group. So um, it's very difficult in today's day and age to uh, dedicate week in and week out. In our case, we're doing it every other week, but it's still hard. So the first year, you know, I'd get sitters that could be with me for like six weeks and then school would start up and they couldn't, you know, they had to mind their children so they couldn't come back. So it was kind of haphazard. But for for the last four years, I've been um, pretty regular with my current group and we sit in the dark with a red light. It's not pitch black uh, because one of my sitters is afraid of the dark. Although I don't know how she manages, but she seems to manage because it seems pretty dark. You wouldn't want to walk around. Um, and we use low light or the red light. And during that, the phenomena we've been getting to date, uh, the room will drop in temperature when the spirit children come in. I do trance. Uh, the, the characters kind of come through me and speak. Um, I tranced, you know, deceased uh, persons of right up to aliens. And the reason I say that is because the other thing that happens is either overshadowing or transfiguration. Which and could you describe those two? They see the faces appear, my sitters, because again, we do have a red light bulb, so it's not pitch black. They watch my face and they see uh, different faces appear. Sometimes what will happen is the face will come in front of me. Their eyes are open, looking around. And yet, if you were to look behind the mask, you'd see my face with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Um, we, they see that, that this person has a dark skin or they see that this person has a, a beard. These things appear. Beard, and, mustache, glasses. <laughs> yes. None um, of which that are on your face. Correct. They, and um, my hands will look odd to them. Um, some of our regulars, we have, uh, believe it or not, Audrey Hepburn. Uh, she works with me. I love her to death. And I knew that was going to happen. I didn't know when, but my friend Pat, who I just talked about, 
when I used to sit with her, Audrey would come in from time to time and I couldn't understand why, but she works with me now with my trance. And I uh, just actually got a new control. I'm so excited. Uh, it was it was just a fun experience getting him, Albrecht von Ruhn. Um, and then I have some other controls, we call them, or, or spirit guides that work with us. So um, that's what what we do. And How can, did I end up doing can, it? Can I first ask, can everybody see the changes on your face? Yeah. Um, they, that's usually I have a minimum of six people. Mm-hmm. Um not always, but, and, uh, like five to six would see it. Is that called transfiguration or overshadowing? Well, see, that's my dilemma. Um, it can be both. You have to figure out what it is. Uh, so I, you know, in the beginning it was overshadowing. I've been led, I had a conversation with, uh, Susan Barnes from Lilydale. Have you been to Lilydale? Not yet. No. Oh, you gotta go! And oh, 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 go, 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 go! In fact, I'm so excited. I'm going for my first time this summer. I'm going to be oh. teaching. Yeah, I'm teaching a workshop up there on uh, mediumship. Oh, send so. me the link or something when it's time, and we can share that on the show. Oh, thank you. Um, so, anyways, what I was because see the problem is I'm the one in the cabinet, so I'm not seeing what's going on. And I did go out and invest in a camera, but it doesn't. We're not working it right. Mm-hmm. So um, when I explained to Susan what my sitters were saying, uh, she tended to agree with them because they feel that it is transfiguration. And they're, you know, they are, they also see the spirit lights. Um, they have machines that they use for these ghost hunting things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the monitors go crazy. Like when my little spirit guide, Charlie, comes in, he works with me. Um you see the, the the gauge going crazy, Me, you know, uh, measuring that whatever. I'm not really a techno person, the, indicating that there's a dead person in the room. When I so, when I first saw, sorry to interrupt you, I took a course with Tony Stockwell on trance mediumship. And I so desperately wanted to be in a trance class, not having really a clue what it was. And he sat in front of the group and it was a pretty good sized group, maybe 50, 60 people there, but I was like five feet from him and there was a red light on and we're at this retreat center and I actually saw his face appeared to change with, that's why when you said um, beard, I was thinking mustache, glasses, man's face, woman's face. And I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me until somebody said, oh, do you see the glasses and the mustache? And I thought, you see that too. And I had never even known something like that was even possible. And people would see their deceased loved ones' faces in that. So however it works, I'm grateful that you're sitting for it. And when the time is right, I'm sure the camera will capture and we can share. But it's great stuff, Winter. (laughs) You know what the hard part is, Sandra, though? Hmm. Most of the people in my group are also clairvoyant. See, that's where you run into problems. That's why it's not that I'm trying to be skeptical with them, but I'm cautious. Yeah. Are they seeing it? Obviously, the dead people are flying in front of me, but um, are they (laughs) seeing it with their third eye or are they seeing it with their physical eyes? That's my question. And it's it's very naughty of me to doubt them, isn't it? Because (laughs) it comes from an analytical mind and that's why you've got the camera. Because when you start seeing it, 
if you do, you know, with your own eyes that that's recorded, there'll be no doubt. But I get it. And I think we all need to have that skepticism. Yeah, no, I'm not. The, the problem with the camera is that um, I don't know how to use it correctly. So like, yes. I'm listening to yes. Shannon Haggard and you have to do long exposure, she said. So I got it. Uh, that's a whole technical thing that I've got to figure out. But they are. Um, the phenomenon is happening in the group. So that excites me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm really looking forward to see if that's going to go any further. And I just, I just had the most fabulous time getting to meet this, this new control of mine. And it was kind of cool um, because it was a common, you know, the information came through all different areas. So that was kind of neat. How does it feel when a new control comes in? I mean, do they say, hi, my name is so-and-so or, I mean, what I can't imagine I've been doing I try to do daily sitting and I definitely feel the merge of spirit world energy, but I don't know who the heck it is. So how, and obviously you're quite further on your journey, um, studying and practicing than I am, but how, how do you know who it is? Well, in this case, the the funny thing was, um, the beginning of November, more or less, um, I woke up one night in the middle of the night and I see this man's face hovering above my bed. I see him from like the eyes up. So his bushy eyebrows and this white hair. And I just kind of looked up and I, and I knew that he was bringing me back and I felt very safe with him. So I rolled over and went back to sleep. And, um, you know, so that I commented on my experience on somebody's Facebook post and, you know, with my, my normal, um, comic side like you know spirits got to send me like how did they send me a, a young hunk one right you know so <laughs> you never old, get any work done if you get any middle-aged man and that was, that was that and then what happened was um one of my students had to go for very serious surgery and so i asked her um if she wanted to come because spirit was nudging me to have her come so i could do trans healing during the group so I invited her because our, our sessions are kind of private. I, it's, I don't do it uh, professionally like I do the mental mediumship. And um, I sat her seat right in front of my cabinet. We did our, we, I went into it. And then all of a sudden the new guy made his presence known. And I like to say made it because he was probably hanging out, just not, you know, letting us know too much. He wasn't ready to come forward because maybe I wasn't ready to have him yet. So he came in. It was so expansive. I, st- I stood up. I started, and it was in the dark. We had a red light, and I had to walk the three or four feet to the chair where she was. And, and I looked down, and I had boots, knee-high boots on. And my, but even though I was wearing sneakers, and then I just kind of went out again in the trance, right? Because I, I, I don't do deep trance for prolonged periods. I kind of, I'm there, and then I'm out, then I'm there, and um. Everybody heard his footsteps in the room, even though I was wearing rubbered sole sneakers. And if I were walking in the room, you wouldn't hear it. And then we did the healing and it was just like beyond incredible, the energy that was coming through. Um, And so that was, and everybody who was in that room has sat with me for four years and they know which cast of characters come through me as far as spirit people etc this was something entirely new and different 
So that kind of perked my curiosity and I wanted to know um, who this gentleman was. And I started, when I did my meditation, um, I try to meditate every uh, day or maybe sometimes sit in the power. Um, I would see myself on an ice skating rink. It's one of my standard med. When I go on the ice skating rink, I know my guides for trance and physical are working with me. And I see this man, and he looks to me like Bella Caroli a little bit, that personality, that look. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm skating by him, and I'm like, you're Russian? And then he's shaking his head, and this happened three times. I kept saying, you're Russian? And he's denying it. Um, I sat in trance one night. He comes through again, and he announces to the group he's Prussian. Interesting. See, I'm I'm hearing in my my out of body or projection or my meditation wanted that I'm that I knew it was I wasn't getting it right and um, he further you know because I'm speaking in trance now he's coming through me he he tells them that his high point his prime time was 1870 hmm. so I'm continuing to uh, and then they saw glimpses of different things that I had some media uh, a lady I worked. Uh, her venue, who don't know nothing about this. She calls me out of the blue. She had a vision of a man, uh, his arm and his sleeve and his cuff coming out of my right ear. So she, she calls me this, you know, or Facebook messages me to, uh, to warn me. She thought maybe I brought something home or something. And I start giggling. I'm like, no, that's, that's just the new guy coming through. You know, I saw his feet so far. So you saw his arm. So then I start doing research. And I thought it was like a pirate uniform he was wearing. So I start looking up um, pirate. And then all of a sudden I got military. So I'm looking up Prussian military 1870. And then I'm at an Eyes of Learning luncheon. And the you know, we're all mediums. And the woman's like, you got somebody standing next to you. I says, yeah, that's my new friend. I'm trying to figure out who he is. Um, then I did an interview with Kathy Beltran. And I, I kind of brought this up. And Sandy Ingham saw it. And she got all excited. She goes into to full trance. All she knew was 1870 Prussian military man. And Leo, her guide, puts her in tra uh, trance and she draws this sketch and she sends me a picture of it. I said, oh my God, that's the guy that was floating above me in the beginning of November that I want young man. <laughs> so as it unfolds and we get all this information, I, I knew that he was involved with royalty, but he tells me he was a count. So I knew it, you know, and I'm, I can't, I'm looking up Prussian um, aristocratic names mm -hmm. and things jumping out at me. Um, finally, I'm reading about it. Apparently, if you did good service in Prussian chi uh, culture, uh, they would make you a count. And then I, he's, he told my, my trans group that he was from the Baltic area. So then I figured I'm also confused, right? Because, um, I got Baltic and Baltins, the ones down by Croatia, mixed up. The Baltic area, uh, he also told me he was born, I was watching a television program, and they mentioned Kohlberg, and he's right next to me. He goes, I was born near there, because he just kind of blurt little things out. So that was up by Estonia, which it was in the Balkans, and I started doing research again. And he told me, he was trying to tell me his name, and I'm hearing Eric. And I'm like, your name's Eric? And he's like, no, but I was trying to get the cuss out. So anyway, I get all these hints and I get different mediums sending me stuff on him. And as it turns out, I was able to finally found him. It's, it's, it's Albrecht von Ruhm. And he was Prussian. And he actually um, 
was the one in charge of the military when they defeated France in 1870. Um, and that was some major war. I never even knew about any of this. Uh, so that would have been his prime time. They awarded him the title of count in 1871. So that's what made him a count. And uh, he did mentor and hang around with the prince of Prussia when he was a younger man. And then I was kind of curious. So we, I found him and I found a photograph of him that matches the drawing from Sandy Ingham. And the guy you saw in your mind that night. And, yes. I mean, just I love that. So interesting. Portrait just matches this photograph I found. And it was because of having her portrait that I was able to recognize once I found, you know, I found Albrecht because that was the sound he was trying to get across to me. Mm-hmm. So then I asked him, I said, well, why are you here? To, you know, I'm like, oh, God, I got a field general, right, who's going to be one of my main guides. Uh, and he stepped in to do the healing. I'm like, you know, how does a military man versus healing? So then the next trance I do, he comes through again, and he explains that he was very sick for a time during his life when he was here on Earth. And he was so miserable that after he transferred into spirit, he decided he wanted to um, do healing so other people wouldn't have this type um, of experience, this pain, and, and when they were sick. So big as life, I went back and did more research, and it turns out this Albrecht von Rune dropped out of society for two years because of illness. So it's kind of all coming. So interesting. Is that cool? And um, that's where he really stepped in because, uh, I mean, my student was going for very serious surgery the next day. They were going to almost take her kidney. It was that serious. So, you know. (laughs) That's great. And for our listener, once you are open, I think, to some of these thoughts and things, you just never know how the spirit world might use you. And I think just by cracking the door open – and hearing some of these stories, and we all have the skeptical mind, of course, but I know where I was 20 years ago and where I am today, and it sure is a life worth living. And would you agree, Winter, about being a person of service that, like, it gives you life? Oh, absolutely. Um, And here's what I can tell your listeners. Again, I spent 30 years... um, not open to this, just not knowing about it. You know, it shut down and not having the experience. And then it turns on. So I've had the best of both worlds. Uh, I've lived a life without it, and I've lived a life with it. I never want to go back to living life without my connection to spirit. It's that, it just makes life that much better. Now, on the other hand, service comes in all forms. And, um, I I think, you know, the way that, as I said, before I was doing the mediumship, I did a lot of humanitarian work, especially with children. Um, You know, we were able to bring children to the U.S. uh, that would have otherwise perished because they needed heart surgery. And yeah, and not all of them made it, unfortunately. And I'm actually uh, a couple of them that didn't make it, but at least they had the opportunity. Um, They have come through. I've seen them. So um that was touching but a lot of the kids did get the medical treatment that they couldn't have gotten in their home countries and they got it here and um are doing very well 
And that's, you know, service you guys can do here. Service could be smiling at someone. It could be opening the door. Um, service is anything kind, acts of kindness. Yes, beautiful. Winter, our time is going by very fast. And I want to... Um, Make sure we find out uh, how we can get in touch with you. Are you somebody who's open to do readings or is it just where you live or is it on the phone, Skype, or are you just a teacher? Can you tell us a little bit about if we want to follow up and find out more about you, how we can do that? Um, Absolutely. I do in-person readings at my office. I do Skype readings. I'm just getting Zoom now. That's pretty cool software. Mm-hmm. Uh, FaceTime, or we can do telephone readings. No problem. Great. I have a website, and that's at winterbrookmedium.com. Uh, there's a lot of inf- I just updated it recently. There's a lot of information. There's some also some video clips, so you can see how I work. I, I do teach. I do public dems. Um, I do a lot of public dems. I've done about 35 on libraries on Long Island. I Great. keep going with libraries. I love libraries. And that's an awesome venue because people that haven't gone to see a medium in person might feel more comfortable going to a library. So I get a lot of new people to yeah. mediumship and they can dip their toe in and um, kind of hopefully feel secure and safe in a nice location. Yeah, I like that. And then you're on Facebook as well, Winterbrook yes, Psychic I'm, Medium. Yes, I am. I looked you up, and I love your website. It's very nice, very professional. Great picture of you. <laughs> well, my dear, do you have any closing words, or is there one of your spirit beings that's nudging you to say something, just in closing? I just want to thank you, and I want to thank everyone who's listening. Um, you know, I hope I was able to give you some new insights or something to think about. I want to encourage you, if you're not developing now, to look into developing on your own. It doesn't mean you need to become a professional medium, but it will enhance your experience in this physical life we're having. Um, And yeah, I just, you know, live life to the fullest while you're here and know that all will be well when you cross over. Yeah, great words. Great words. Thank you, Winterbrook, for being our guest today. Thank you, thank you. And for our listener, thank you for listening today. And just a few general service announcements. Um, as always, our home base is we don't die radio.com. And now you can find 235 episodes, which are awesome. And we're on iTunes and YouTube and all kinds of podcast sites. And if you'd like, I offer a free audio called How to Survive Grief. I've got a PDF file called My 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife. And you can read from my book, We Don't Die. And in September, there's an afterlife symposium, September 14th through 16th. And last year it did sell out. So if you're interested in finding some like-minded people and learning more about this wonderful world of the afterlife and what's happening with science and medicine and mediums, uh, check out afterlifesymposium.org. And I also want to do a shout out to our friends at Banyan Retreat. That is where Winter and I met 
last year. They do all kinds of events, but twice a year, one in the spring and one in the fall, they do five-day retreats. And I will be going there March 29th through April 2nd. That's in the UK. And it's called Whispers from the Soul. And you can experience trance mediums, physical medium seances, uh, give your, give a shot at doing, um, medium readings yourself and it's the greatest place, one of the greatest places on earth, I feel. You go to banyanretreat.com to find out more. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain and thank you for listening. I have been your host yet again on another cool episode of We Don't Die Radio. And I personally do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So I really want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. <music>